Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Digital by Attention Media. Today, we are talking to Australia's number one LinkedIn marketing expert, Nathaniel Bibby. Now, Nathaniel is the founder and director of Bibby Consulting, uh, a LinkedIn advertising agency and LinkedIn training agency. Uh, he is also a podcast host. He is a award-winning social media marketer, and uh, he specializes in all things LinkedIn. So, uh, Nathaniel is responsible for over four. $400 million worth of business generated through LinkedIn uh, and has trained over 20,000 business owners and salespeople in the art of LinkedIn. So we're very excited to have him on the show today to uh, to break down LinkedIn, uh, tell us what's effective, what's working and what's not, and how we might be able to leverage LinkedIn marketing in our own businesses. Mr. Nathaniel Bibby, thank you very much for joining us on Digital, mate. I'm pleased to be here. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. Thank you. So uh, the the whole idea with, uh, it's our relatively new podcast being digital, um, my second podcast, but uh, the idea of the show is to be able to talk to experts like yourself um, in particular topics um, so that the listener can get the uh, the latest information, right? The uh, What's happening right now, what's working right now and uh, and how they can best implement that in their business or their, their marketing campaign. So, uh, mate, for those who don't know of yourself, um, can you give us that, uh, give us the intro, tell us the backstory. Yeah, sure. Uh, I've been in marketing for about 20 years and about 10 years ago, decided to specialize in LinkedIn marketing exclusively. So we run training courses, run lead generation programs, run LinkedIn advertising campaigns um, for various B2B companies and professional services businesses as well. Um, Yeah, that's what I do. And one of the reasons that uh, I was super excited that uh, you said yes to coming on the show is that uh, I think LinkedIn, for uh, for the most part, is uh, is undercooked. Most people just don't spend enough time there, uh, or, or don't have a, a an appreciation for just how uh, useful the platform can be. So it's uh, it's going to be super exciting to have a chat to you about uh, what the platform is doing um, at a higher level, um, and also what could be implemented um, from a from an SME level as well, right? So. Um, but before we kick into that, Matt, I'd love to get your thoughts and feedback. Um, you are an agency owner. You've been in the marketing space for a long, long time, uh, podcast host. What's your take on the current state of marketing as it is at the moment, Matt? Look, I think since uh, social media has come around, things have changed quite a lot. Um, the days of interrupting people, they're not quite over, but almost over. Um, and the power is definitely with the consumer these days. Um, and so I think marketing, you know, traditionally has been about clever ways to interrupt people, whereas these days it's about adding genuine customer value. Mm. Um, and, and that's what I try to do through all the podcasts, um, social media content, videos on YouTube, um, is just try and just add more value. And I found that if I do that effectively, um, it kind of eliminates competition and that can be your point of difference um, in the marketplace because everything's becoming more and more commoditized as it becomes more transparent online. And I think building your, as a small agency owner, as a small business owner, building a personal brand is actually quite a quite an effective way to gain a, a bit of a 
quite a difference. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think there's there's a couple of things there. Um, one is on the personal brand side, and and for those who are listening who are not uh, necessarily comfortable with building that personal brand, getting in front of the camera, being on podcast interviews, that's that's one topic. But I think another key part of this is also that it, the days of being able to just turn the switch with a particular social media campaign and expect it to blow up your business is also over because you've mentioned that it's about content, it's about providing value, it's about building an audience. So do you agree with that? Like it's it's a long-term play, isn't it? Social media, um, yeah. Look, there are creative ways that you can use lead generation on LinkedIn to, to get an immediate return on investment. Um, but you, it is, but you just got to have to keep doing it. You're going to have to keep investing mm-hmm. in it. You're going to have to keep spending money. Um, whereas the content side of things is more of a longer term play. Um, but I think it's it's one of the most worthwhile investments you can make. You know, in the long term, most of the time clients come to me and they want immediate they want immediate results. They want results tomorrow. You know, they they want return on investment straight away. So I try and get them to do the lead generation stuff, which is literally just direct response, reaching out to people um, to set appointments that will get them an, a more or less immediate return on investment or at least get leads coming in. And then I tell them to invest in the content marketing, which is a bit harder to measure, which is a bit more of a longer term play. But in, in the long run, you, you will become a you know industry leader and, and there'll be less competition. Yeah. And would, you know, has that played a, a key part in sort of your business growth, your career growth? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been an absolute game changer for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't need to do that outbound lead generation stuff anymore because we get so many inbound leads. Um, but it, it, you know, when I started doing content marketing and video marketing, it was, there was not much results to speak of. It took me a couple of years before I was like, Oh, this is really getting some traction now, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think now it's at the point where, you know, I've, it, you're almost just, like on an island where you know leads contact you and they're not speaking to two or three other providers they're not too concerned about price they've been watching your content for a year is you know make sales has just become more or less auto-taking you know and just making sure that you deliver on the value because their expectations are high obviously yes yes yeah and look i think it's it's uh such a great way to not only you know, drive lead generation, but, you know, build brand awareness, like build brand equity and provide people with more insight into your business because, you know, gone are the days where it is just, uh, you know, direct response, TV commercial, ad in the newspaper, right? You can provide people with so much more information, so much more depth, reach more people as well, build that relationship. So really, really love that. But the fact that we are focusing on LinkedIn today, mate, um, can you just give us a um, give us a bit of a synopsis to where LinkedIn is at at the moment as a platform and why people should be uh, at least having it on their radar. Sure. Well, the reason I like LinkedIn so much is it is a social media site, but it's the only one that caters for business professionals. So people are in there, uh, sorry, on LinkedIn with the mindset of being able to spend money. So. Yep. You know, whereas Facebook, Instagram, they're there, but it's more of a social thing. They're not in the, they're not thinking about how to grow their business and looking for solutions, you know, with talent Mm. and all that kind of thing. Mm. Um, So that's, that's why I like it so much. Having said that, they do tend to follow a lot of the, the, the trends of the other social platforms. And they kind of have to, if you look at like Facebook, for example, they, you know, introduce stories and, the amount of engagement on the platform goes up by 50%. It's hard for LinkedIn to look at that and ignore it 
you know, and, and so they do the same thing with, with LinkedIn Live. And so I, I like that aspect of it as well, because you can kind of predict what they're going to do next and what's going to be popular, what they're going to push yeah. out the most. Um, so I, I can still use LinkedIn um, very effectively without spending a lot of money on there. Um, you know, their advertising platforms only really got to a point in the last year which, where I think it's really good. You know, yeah. it, it took a long time. Um, but again, the reason it's it, it's got better is because they followed what Facebook advertising has done. Mm, yeah, and I think it's um, you know a couple of things you mentioned there as well. It's uh, the psychology that uh, people have when they're on the different platforms, right? It's it's not one size fits all. Um, when people are using the different platforms, it's for different reasons. Their, their mindset's different. Uh, it might be business. It might be entertainment. It might be shopping. Uh, so making sure that you're matching your marketing message and using the right platform, obviously, to get those business objectives that you want to reach. Um, Let's let's talk LinkedIn organic for a minute. So um, having a profile or a company page, because uh, I know like there's lots of people that uh, obviously I come in contact with who say nah, LinkedIn's rubbish. Like it just doesn't work for me. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, where do we sort of start with LinkedIn organic? Do we need a personal profile? Do we need a company page? And what do we do with those assets? Ideally, you would have a personal profile. I mean, if you're yeah, thinking about this context for a small business owner, you're going to get a lot more traction through a personal profile. Obviously, if it's a larger business, you need to base it around the company page. Um, but, you know, when somebody says to me, oh, LinkedIn's rubbish or LinkedIn's fantastic, it, it's normally a reflection of their network. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you if you mm-hmm. hop on a LinkedIn and you you just accept whoever's sending you a connection request, the chances are you're going to have this network of salespeople and recruiters. Yes. Those are the people that are likely to send you connection requests. Whereas if you're like, okay, you know, I target um, builders in Sydney and I find builders in Sydney and I look for directors of those companies and maybe I put in the company size and I sit, I'm the one sending the connection requests out and I make them personalized. Yeah. Um, if I build 200 connections, they're all in my target market. They're all key decision makers. You know, so so that you, you're going to see all of their content in the newsfeed. They're going to see all your content. So your experience on LinkedIn is going to be a lot better than the guy that was reactive. And so it really comes down to the the power of your network. And it's yeah, quantity is part of it, but quality is is the most important thing. Having a strategy too, I think as well. Like you know, not just accepting every follow request and getting an inbox full of people who are who are hitting you up for all sorts of things, um, you know, going about it with um, some sort of methodology and some sort of strategy is definitely key. What types of content are you finding is working best at the moment? Like is video king on LinkedIn or is it images? What should we be looking at doing? Look, they both work well um, in terms from a reach perspective. Articles, images, videos work well. What, what I do like about video is is you, you may get a similar number of views or a same, similar number of likes and comments, but you you, uh, you do have a much deeper level of engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got to be good because after 10 seconds, on average, 50% of the people watching are gone. Yes. After a minute, it's 80%. So yeah. you've got to be able to to keep people's attention make it entertaining educational add value which is mm. a, which is a is a skill you know like it's it's not and it's something that we can do for clients well like clients that that would have no experience in video before the way that we do it is we sit them down and we interview them and we ask them questions that i know are going to generate engaging content and by the end of it we've got 30 videos that short videos that we can use and that works really well they generally forget the cameras there 
Yep. Yep. You know, but I could imagine it can be quite challenging if you haven't done it before to sit there and, and try and come up with videos all the time. So yeah, you go back to what you said, you do need a strategy um, mm. and, and, and a content creation strategy and a content distribution strategy. When are you going to post? What are you going to post? How are you going to measure success? All that kind of stuff is very important. Um, so I think, you know, one of the biggest mistakes you can make with content is just trying to think it up on the day. And I lot see a lot of people yeah. do that, you know, yep. a lot of people do that. Mm. Don't plan it at all. Um, and I think another key point there also is for, you know, the business owner that's, that's sitting here listening or watching this is, um, you know, my product or my service is so boring, right? Like no one's going to be interested, right? But um, you can't make that decision for other people, right? You know, you, you can always um, find a way. We, we work with uh, a range of different clients from people in the in the waste and recycling industry, right? Um, and they, they've been a client of ours that they work in so many different areas from <clears throat> waste, recycling, the environment, and all the different services they provide, we've been creating content with them for over a year and it's just it just keeps growing, keeps growing and people absolutely love it because there's this business that works in this industry that you think would be quite dull and boring and there's so much that's going on. They have so much to offer. There's so much information that they can provide. So, you know, sitting there and thinking, you know, what content can I create? Um, you know, keep it simple. Start at the beginning. Um, what about things like uh, frequently asked questions and, and covering off on the services that you provide? Do you think that's a good starting point for people? Um, definitely with frequently asked questions, yeah. Because that's basically, if they're frequently asked, that's what the audience wants to know generally, mm. you know. Um, and... Yeah, finding out from the from the audience what sort of content is going to benefit them. You might find that it's got nothing to do with your product, which is totally fine. You know, you're still building likability, trust. You're keeping top of mind. Um, yeah. uh, uh, you can talk about the team. You can talk about the process of how you do things. Show them a little stu- bit of stuff mm-hmm. about what happens behind the scenes. Show them a bit about the culture. Um, these are all things that will generate likability and trust. And I think about content marketing a bit like neuroscience um and i think about the brain chemicals that i want people to release when they see my content and so you've got the positive brain chemicals like dopamine or oxytocin um what's the other one um you've got oxytocin dopamine and there's one more that i've I wish I could help you out, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, well, I get stuck on that. But then, but then you've got the negative ones like cortisol, right, and adrenaline, which yeah. you can create through calls to action. So if you're always putting a sales pitch at the end of your content, you're going to piss people off, and then you build negative brand sentiment. Whereas if you are adding value through entertainment, education, information, or inspiration, um, mm-hmm. you're going to build, build that that likability and trust. Um, and you can do that through posting content. You can also do that by engaging on your target market's content and you know that they're posting as well yeah yeah be social back to people it's 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 i find and i'm not sure what your thoughts are on this but i find that um engaging in any of the social media platforms seeking people out responding to um whether it's potential prospects or whether it's people in the same industry whatever it is but going back and leaving a comment asking a question putting some value out into the marketplace often has the the best return in terms of people coming back and following you or leads or whatever it might be like if you go out and actively participate on the platform you're going to have something come back from that yeah let's um in terms of just to wrap up with like company pages right where do you feel um 
So we've got our personal profile and we're creating some content. Uh, where does the company page sort of fit into that? And is that something that people should be looking at investing their time in? I think it, it becomes more valuable when you've got a larger organization because it becomes somewhere that the entire team can leverage off the content that you're producing. Um, yep. However, it, it is still a credibility checkpoint. Like if somebody is looking at your profile and you've got a small business, they may look at your company page and, you know, see, see how active it is. So it's important that, first of all, it, you know, you've got your unique value proposition you know, top of mind, same as it is on your website, should be consistent, should be on your LinkedIn profile at some stage as well. Mm. And so I think it's important that you've got one. I think it's important that it's set up correctly. How actively you are managing it will probably depend on how big your team is. Yeah, yeah, cool. We've had, we've had some good success with, uh, with LinkedIn company pages, but it comes back to consistency and creating good content, right? Like there has to be some sort of value there for people to consume or want to come back to, want to follow you, uh, follow the company page. So it, uh, it all revolves around the content. With uh, if we shift towards the paid side now, so LinkedIn advertising, um, probably even even less well known for, for many people. Uh, talk to us about that platform, that platform, because this is obviously a space that you spend a lot of time in. Yeah, LinkedIn advertising's become a lot more effective in the last couple of years. You got things like web retargeting, lead generation forms, a lot of this stuff you can see on Facebook. Um, mm. The, the complaint that some businesses have had is it's more expensive on, on LinkedIn, yeah. uh, which, you know, which is true. Um, however, like, it's just how you use the platform. Like, it's like we were going back before, like people are there to, to spend money. The, the mindset's different. You could be extremely targeted in a B2B audience. And the research shows that um, key decision makers within B2B companies trust LinkedIn content three times as much as other social platforms. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so I mean, if it's for the right business, it can be the attention can be three times as valuable. Yeah, hundred percent. And talk to me about the fact that um, yes, maybe the platform can be more expensive if you compare it to to Facebook or Instagram. <clears throat> but talk to us about the when it comes to paid advertising, working out how much you can spend to acquire a customer or a lead, not necessarily trying to find the cheapest option all the time because cheapest isn't always the best. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, well, I guess for, for us marketers, that, that's a no-brainer, right? But it's still a, mm-hmm. it seems to be a big education process with a lot of businesses. And I guess they just think they're trying to compare the value. And, and, and I get it. Like for the right business, Facebook's going to be more effective. It just depends on your company. Yeah, I think if you if you're trying to target a key decision maker, like a certain role within an organization, LinkedIn's going to be your go-to. Yeah, yeah, and and it's um, it's one of those platforms again where, uh, and for you, like obviously Bibi Consulting provides LinkedIn training. So because another thing that we always talk about is, um, you know, should the small business owner. Um, be running their own LinkedIn ads? Should they be running their own Facebook ads? Or should they be looking to external sources, agencies to help them do that? What's your take on that? Yeah, I think you need to, unless you're really clued up on it, I would be outsourcing it. Mm. If you're going to be spending any money at all, you want to make sure it's working for you. Yeah. You know, like the amount of hours that I've spent learning LinkedIn ads and learning Facebook ads, like for a small business owner, their time could be better spent elsewhere for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, 
for for businesses like yours with LinkedIn training, that's obviously where these guys can really benefit from. So with the training that you do provide, does that does that cover advertising? Is it uh, all on the organic side? Yes, we do um, LinkedIn training normally for sales teams. Teach okay. them how to get their profile up to scratch, how they can use their profile to generate leads, how to convert those leads to offline discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes we'll do LinkedIn training for, say, a marketing manager who's already running LinkedIn ads and just wants to know how to do it more effectively. Yeah, yes, yep. And what are some of the things that uh, that you sort of dive into in those areas? What sort of things are covered in that training? Well, that's pretty standard stuff, like very, very similar to like what you would expect from any campaign, whether it be AdWords, Facebook or LinkedIn ads. We talk about how to set up the campaign, what should be your ad groups, what should be the different creatives in each of those and make it specific for that particular business. Um, quite often, like they don't isolate, they'll set up the campaign and they don't get the results they want and they find it very hard to isolate like which area of the campaign is not mm-hmm. working and then they start changing everything and then that doesn't work and they just they never really work out where the, the weakest link is. So by setting it up and measuring the right things, normally we can optimize a campaign to get it working to the best of its capability. Love that. Love that. Particular, particular industries or niches that work particularly well on LinkedIn? More or less anything B2B, but like things with um, any businesses that have a high average value of a client or a high transaction size that just do yes. exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We've got a lot of clients in the consulting area at the moment. Okay. Um, they're doing really well, management consultants. Financial services does exceptionally well, trust-based yep. industries. Yep. Yeah, so there's a there's a broad range of businesses and it just comes back to strategy. Like if you're not if you're in one of those businesses where you're likely to have customers on LinkedIn and it's not working for you, pro- probably just to do with a strategy. It's probably not to do with a platform. Mm, yeah, exactly, which is which is often oftentimes the case. It's it just comes back to the strategy and how that's being implemented, not necessarily the platform itself. Um, mate, as we sort of head into the uh, the new year, uh, as we head into 2021, um, uh, a lot of people will be breathing a sigh of relief, um, but also, what can people do in terms of uh, reevaluating reevaluating their marketing strategy? Um, what sort of things should we be looking at implementing uh, in the new year to try and drive that business growth? Um, I think content's just becoming more and more important, to be honest. But like, we've got enough. We've got enough content. We don't have enough valuable content. So I'd be. Mm. I'll be looking at, you know, how do we make what we're creating better and, and do it on a bigger scale? Because you've got to, you've got to have the volume as well um, for a couple of reasons. One is you've got to be repeating the same message over and over again in different ways so people can absorb it all across different platforms. Yeah. Um, uh, but also it, it, I think if you're posting more, you, you're learning quicker as well. Mm. I find that's the quickest way to learn is, is by constantly be creating um, and getting market feedback from your audience because they should really be the ones telling you what to create. Um, yeah. And so I think I think having a division and having a budget set aside for that can be really important. Um, every business needs to have a consistent flow of, of leads coming in. So that's a consideration as well. You can do that through direct messaging on LinkedIn. You can do it through Google ads. There's a number of ways you can do it. You just got to find mm. what, a, a strategy and a system that works for your business where you can throw $100 into it and you know you're going to get $300 out the other side. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, and um, and we're moving into a more of a virtual world, I guess. You know, I don't think that's going to change as a, more and more borders open up. I think so. Businesses have to adapt and, and think about how how can they you know make it clearer for their clients how they can buy from them virtually, how they can deliver their service more effectively virtually. I think that's yes. something that that we all need to be thinking about. In, in terms of content, this is always a sticking point for people. How much and how often? Is there any kind of best practice? Is there any certain number of posts per day? Like what's the what's the optimum there when it comes to publishing content? Well, I think like we've all got different levels of resources of how much mm. we can create and we can be we can be more efficient, so that's definitely part of it. But I think with the resources that you have if 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 you start producing more and more content and it gets to a point where the value of the content overall the average value of the content starts to decrease then that's enough content. <laughs> I, lo- I love I love the way, yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, 100%. Because like we always talk to people and it's around, you know, working to the capacity that you can work to, not, uh, you know, not biting off too much. Um, but I love the fact there that if you're, yeah, if you get to a point where the value starts to drop on the content you're creating, then uh, you've obviously reached that that peak. Mm. Love that. Mate, uh, can you please uh, tell us how we can find out more about yourself, uh, more about Bibby Consulting? Uh, give us all the details. Yeah, sure. Where, well, wherever you hang out, as you expect, you'll be able to find me. So I've got the right. Nathaniel Bibby podcast, Nat Bibby on Instagram, Nathaniel Bibby on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook. So you should be able to track me down wherever you like to hang out. Mate, uh, we want to thank you so much for your time today. Uh, some absolute nuggets of gold in there for, for LinkedIn. Wishing you all the best for the rest of 2020 and uh, have a fantastic new year. Mate. Likewise, thanks very much for having me. So that's it for another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. As we mentioned, we'd love to get your thoughts and feedback on this episode. You can do that by heading over to our Instagram at Attention Media Agency and letting us know what your thoughts. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We'd also love to know what you'd like us to talk about in upcoming episodes. So send us your topic ideas. We are always interested. And if you'd love to know more, head over to the website, attentionmedia.com.au. That's all for now. We'll see you in the next episode. 